0: Look at Micron, what a disaster at the open! What happened, everyone? Who's late? Yeah, Shelly, They're all late. I'm here because they're not.
1: We the started urgency. this at 12:03. The
0: the urgency is is not is not there. Yeah, I, I'm just not seeing the urgency here. So um, I went. All line. right,
1: Spencer. On my list today, I've got Rocket, Save, WISA, Sam, and P K K F F. It sounds you but you're on micron, so I would keep going.
0: It sounds like a list. Yeah. Keep keep uh,
1: going on micron.
0: The the micron thing, so is this is interesting because I didn't actually see what was going on here. Uh and I just saw the price action. And I don't actually think that there's any specific headline. There, There is as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing on the uh there's nothing with regards to micron specifically. There is no broader you know macro headline. I mean, all I know, I can see all of tech is down today, right? And you can look across the space and you see AMD, but AMD is down 0.3 percent. It's down 30 cents. Nvidia is down what? Uh, Nvidia is down one percent, right? TXN is down about one percent. Micron is down almost five percent. Getting hammered out there.
1: All right, Spencer, ready? Week two earnings season. My pick, pick of the week. We're one for one, all right? Last week, the pick was carparts.com. We smashed it. We got a 20% run on that day. Ready for me to pitch you through my my pick for week two. I'm going for two for two, baby. It's a little, it's a little bit YOLO, but it's a game I like to play every single earnings season. I have a thesis on a stock. I already have the one lined up for next week. <clears throat> this week, ticker RKT, Rocket Companies, reporting after the close Thursday. That is my play. You ready to hear it? RKT? RKT.
0: Does it revolve around like a dividend or something? No.
1: We'll we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. Get there. Okay? okay. So here's okay. the first thing. Okay. okay. Let, let's look at estimates. Last quarter, Rocket put up four billion dollars of revenue. Estimate for this quarter, 2.9 billion. So 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 let me go ahead and pull up the press release from from Rocket's last earnings report. I've got I've got a couple things to point out to you. All right. And keep in mind, guys, the quarter that we're going to be looking at is is April, May, June. That's that, those are the numbers that, that we're watching. Uh, so if we go ahead into here, we control F for March. Check at this. Bi- mortgage business continues to out to perform March, their highest producing application volume ever, ever. So that's that was in March. That was last quarter. But that's rolling us into Q2, the, the quarter that we're going to get earnings reports for. All right. We also got some guidance out of the company. Uh, let's scroll down to our Q2 guidance. Uh, all right. Company said they expect closed loan volume between 82 and a half and 85 billion. So, so let's take the midpoint of that. It, it's going to be here. I'm going to add it up, We're, we'll get the exact midpoint for you, Spencer, since you're being pissy today.
0: I'm not being pissed Spotted by two I'm
1: 85 billion. That's the, the midpoint. Okay. So, so the midpoint that they expected for closed loan, loan volume in Q2 was 85 billion. But mm-hmm. Let, let's go up to Q1 because, because we have all the Q1 data. That was from the report last year. Q1, uh, they closed $103 billion, okay? So, so if we go ahead, we take our $85 divided by the 103, $103 billion. So So we, they're basically saying we're expecting to close 83% of the loans in Q2 that we closed in Q1. Last quarter, they did $4 billion of revenue. If we just do that simple math, that backs us out to $3.3 billion of revenue for Q2. Because the loan origination volume, that's the leading metric that, that revenue trickles down from. But but and, and basically, if we apply their Q2 guidance to the Q1 numbers, we're coming out to $3.3 billion of revenue from Rocket. Uh, if we go ahead and we compare that to the estimate, $2.9 billion, that's a 10% revenue beat. On a large cap stock, you don't get those often.
0: Can I uh, tell you though that if you look back and look at every quarter that Rockets reported since they've been public, and they with the they ex- beat
1: on revenue every single quarter, baby.
0: That's my that argument. That doesn't
1: hurt our thesis. That's the my stock argument. is still flat.
0: No, that's my argument. They beat twenty
1: percent all- sold short. So, so you have that short squeeze pop as well.
0: This is my argument though that they beat all the time, and it doesn't help the stock. That's what I'm saying.
1: But we're gonna get that post earnings pop and let, let let me show you this this Spency. Okay, let me okay. Yeah, okay, all right. So so let's look at the income statement. Interest income expenses, yeah, income yada, yada. Income all right. look 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 at how much net income Rocket put up last quarter. Two point eight billion dollars of cash, dude. Two point eight billion dollars of, of, of cash last quarter. They have get another quarter where they put up two billion plus of cash flow. We're gonna get a special divvy. We all like those special divvies or we're going to get a buyback on the stock. Can
0: I can I drop some some past performance data on you for a second?
1: I don't know, Spencer. Can you?
0: Okay, here we, we go. We've all no.
1: seen what this stock is liable to do as well. Woo. Okay. Woo.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of history to go off of. We only have four quarters of of we only have four prior reports, right, of Rocket as a public company. But looking at those four quarters, here's what the stock has done. Afterwards, okay. Last time around, they were their last report was May 5th. Rocket basically went straight down, um, in the two weeks after its report, straight, straight down. Uh, in the first day, it was down five percent, second day, it was down seven percent. It went straight down after its report. The time before that was in February, February 25th, it went straight up after its report. That was in the midst of meme stock mania, so um. That 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 wasn't to do with nothing to do with the report, but regardless. Come
1: on, the report is a catalyst. But keep going.
0: November was their second report as a public company. November tenth, stock went straight up after its report. It was up three percent after day one, seven percent after day three. Uh, but by by a week or two later, it had leveled out. But it had a really good three days after its report in November, and after their first report as a public company in September. Uh, stock was went straight down. So we can see in in September and in May the stock went straight down after its report. In November it went straight up for three days and and then leveled off um, after after a week. And in February it is is it went it went to the moon basically in February. So there's no real pattern here because again we only have four quarters worth of data. But I think it is worth knowing what what the stock has done. After its last four earnings reports, unfortunately, there's really there's no real trend to speak of.
1: And so I'm saying, give me a beat. They guided for for what is a beat right now. March yeah. was their strongest month of originations ever. Company history, housing boom slowing down, maybe wasn't in March. The, the The period we're getting is April, May, June. So give me that earnings beat. Give me that buyback. Give me that special dividend because they are throwing up a ton of cash right now. And so, Spencer, I already have the starter position on this one. I'm about to layer it in.
0: Just to be clear. Go on, Hammer. Just to be clear. Like, fundamentally, I think Rocket is a great company. But that does not – clearly does not mean a lot with regards to the stock in the short term. Because if it did, this thing wouldn't be at $17. Right? All right.
1: Well, I already have the starter position. I'm adding to it. We're going on margin.
0: I, I'm going to give the same it's take that I – baby. I'm gonna am I'm gonna give the He's same. Take. I'm gonna give the same take I always give, and uh, and stocks like this, which is like if you own it, great. You probably need to take it off your screen for a year or more. Uh, can we get some see. air horns for the well, live we, trade? No,
1: we don't have the air horns. It's all effed up.
0: No, we do have air horns. What do you mean?
1: Okay, Spencer. None of my buttons work.
0: Um, here I got you. I got your air horn right here. If I can ever. Uh...
1: And if you guys are just joining us, this is the power hour. This is- <laughs> Spencer just put us to sleep with his analysis of Micron. I woke everybody up with Rocket. Okay, guys. Uh. We're, we're doing one, one trade each week of earnings season. We do this every quarter. Last week, it was carparts.com. We nailed it. We got a 20% pop there. And car parts is still going, baby. We're we're up to that twenty dollar level. Um so Shelly, so let's see if we're we're gonna be two for two. And guys, these are high risk trades trading anything into earnings. That's why I don't do many of them. Oh shoot. Take, take a shot at one a week. Yeah,
0: do we need to is is it a buy or sell signal that Cuomo is resigning? Like
2: Ooh, I, I think that's good for markets. Yeah, I
0: think so too. Buy, it's a buy signal, bye bye bye. He's
2: gotta get out of there. Bye bye bye. I gotta think gotta I change. think I think the other Cuomo has to resign too. <laughs>
0: Let's not get into all this. Uh, It's a buy signal, B-Y-E, buy. That's that's what that is. Um, Luke, what else was on your list here? You you dropped the list at the top of the show. I I know. I want to get to Sam. Can we get to Sam at some point?
1: Yeah, so so on my list, we've got the crypto stocks. We have an earnings play rocket. We talked through that one. We'll keep talking about it as the story develops into the report Thursday. Spirit Airlines, that's a swing trade we took on Friday. We'll check in on that one. Digger W-I-S-A. Uh, Sam and PKKFF. So a lot of symbols to get through today. but you called out Sam, let's pull it up. Boston Beer Co, uh, makers of truly, they're there let's just look at their earnings. Sorry, let's look at the revenue side. Let, look at how much their revenue exploded, right? We're talking in this this 200s range to 600 million from truly. Uh, they announced a deal today with Mountain Dew producer a B's favorite beverage. Uh, he loves those Mountain Dew two liters um, where they are going to be making a hard Mountain Dew drink. Stock is getting sold on it more or less flat. We're down about 2% on ticker S.A.M. today. I don't think that this news is super interesting, Spencer.
0: What? You, you of all people?
1: Mountain I- Dew has tried to get into the energy drink game for a long time, at least 10 years. Did what what the, successful energy drink product launches does Mountain Dew have? They came out with, with Rise. Mount, not, that Mount, was the one that Dew. came out six months ago. Code Red. Game Fuel.
2: See? He knows.
1: But that wasn't an energy drink launch, dude. That was that was a soda drink. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like having a – when they introduce other flavors. They've successfully launched other flavors. But trying to get into the hard energy drink game, Mountain Dew has tried it many times, and, and it hasn't taken off in the way that a Celsius or a Bang Energy or a Rockstar, etc., cetera, has.
0: Okay, if we got the amp,
1: somebody else throwing out amp. Who else does? Who still sees the amps?
0: Hey, actually, I used to drink nope. amps. Amp was my go-to in college for all-nighters.
1: No, I don't, I
2: don't remember Nas. Nas was an energy drink back in the day too. Yep, okay, Luke, Luke,
0: on. Luke. We, what we're gonna do is we're gonna reach out to the the, the head of this segment at, at
1: at Pepsi or whoever. Yeah, it's Pepsi. All right, don't show them this clip. I take back everything I said.
2: <laughs> I want to see. I want to see. Uh, I see the red one, but I don't think like I want the code red uh Mountain Dew seltzer or a Baja Blast seltzer, then then, then I would be then I'd be long. But wait, without-
0: Daniel's dropping Vault. Yeah, I, I used to drink that too. You guys used to have Vault. No, I, I don't remember that one. Oh, that was a good one,
2: Luke. Do we have time to go over my uh quick live trade I just made before our first interview? Oh, geez.
1: Yeah, let's yeah. see this. So, what is Vault Energy Drink? Oh, <laughs> this was another Mountain Dew product, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that was a good one.
1: How many times has Mountain Dew tried and failed in the energy drink game, guys? Right. Maybe this time it's different, but the market definitely sees my side of the story. This is not the next truly. Boston Beer got the pop on the open off this news. It was a ridiculous move. I wasn't fast enough to hit it on the downside. The rest of the market did.
2: All right,
1: hit your live trade producer, AB. Let's see it.
2: All right. So I had an epiphany. Instead of trading options into earnings, when I don't know what the earnings report will look like, A, and B, how the stock will react to the earnings report, I figured, why don't I start hitting earning or er, options after the earnings? Um, so today we had Callaway report earnings yesterday. Yesterday, I believe the stock was down. Um, here, let me go to Callaway's stock. Was we're
1: looking
2: we're looking at the value of the of the Contract right now, so the stock was down four and a half percent today, uh, or down as much yeah, as
1: It's four point five right now. It looks like it was down more than that a little. Yeah, bit it was
2: ago. down seven percent at uh, ten a.m. Eastern. And so if if we zoom out on this chart, go to like a, a year long chart, we can see a little uptrend. And I don't, I think this drop, um, you know, isn't a sign that the stock is reversing. On this chart. Oops, sorry, my fault. Keep going. All good, Spencer. And then so. Here, I, I just am buying the dip here. So we dropped from thirty around $34 a share down to uh, around $32, $31 a share. Yeah, here, so- I bought these balls and uh, let's we'll see how they're doing right now. Oh, showing you the whole portfolio. <laughs> don't do that. So, I, so the, the, let's see, I'm down 10% right now because the stock has dipped a little bit after I bought them, but these don't expire until... Uh, September seventeenth. So I'm holding on to these for a couple weeks. I'm looking for like a month long swing trade, and all I'm looking is for Callaway to break above uh, the thirty four dollar level, and I will get rid of these contracts. My break even price is thirty five twenty, but I can of course sell them before uh, we get to that level. And, and yeah, I'm long Callaway already, and so I'm just taking the opportunity here to buy the dip.
1: And so basically, the the thesis producer AB is. The market is selling it off of the earnings report, uh, which even though the earnings were great, even though the earnings were good, they look great,
2: right? And so I don't like I said I don't think this is a sign that the stock is going to reverse and start coming down. I think there's just it's just a small dip in the continued uptrend. Um, Oh, I see Raz in here. Raz, what do what do you think about this?
3: I said to you guys on the earnings, you know I'm long Kel in a big way. I said to you it would take crazy, crazy blowout to. uh, Move the stock up because because the CEO on the last call said that we have unlimited demand and all this all this stuff, which makes it hard to move the stock when you're saying that. And so he built up huge expectations where he could have just built it up a little bit less. Um, I'm you know surprised to see it trading down as much as it is. Sorry for that noise. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. It closed the door, but uh, the dog's been quiet all day. So, um, I, I mean, it's record numbers, full year outlook. I mean, give some of these key numbers from Benzinga pro, you know, like it's, uh, it's large.
1: Yeah, so so I loaded up my trusty Benzinga Pro here. If you guys haven't done your two week Benzinga Pro trial, there is no better time than earnings season. I'm telling you guys, long time user. I'm telling you, earnings is the time to take your free trial. Uh, but but let's let's look at just sales revenue nine hundred and fourteen million up to, for seven hundred and forty four million.
3: I mean, but not increased. Like, look at the increase, you know. I mean, just insane. Insane numbers, EBITDA numbers, everything. So I'm trying to think, what, the, what could be a negative?
2: So Spencer's Spencer's in the uh, category of people who ha- have gotten kind of into golf during the COVID pandemic. Uh, I know a lot of friends my age. I don't think it's slowing down. I think more and more I have friends that were never playing golf before that are hitting me up. You know, what clubs should I get? All this stuff. And, and I just am so long the space right now. And I think this is a great buying opportunity for Callaway.
3: Yeah, but here's your challenge. What's your catalyst? That's a good question. I mean, we have the
2: Ryder Cup coming up, um, but but it's nothing going to
1: have to be sentiment around the stock. I feel
3: like between earnings reports.
0: J- Jason's right. What what's the catalyst? That's that's like, you the like I mean, I'm
3: in I'm in it, guys. It's Calway's probably my tenth biggest position. I'm in it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, what's gonna
0: maybe maybe Top Golf, Jason? Uh, continue. That's I mean, they just paid a pretty penny for
3: that so but but spencer what if it's not earnings what moves it to 50 to 40 before earnings like but jason i i I don't
2: i don't need it to move like 10 percent higher than it was to 40 for these calls i just need it to recover this uh you know four percent loss that we were sitting at when i got into the contract so for my my catalyst i'm not looking for a huge move on the upside from where callaway was trading yesterday i'm just looking for it to recover uh from the dip today I get, I get it. I think it's fair.
1: Okay, and, and you already got some of the analyst notes. Spencer's about to get us on track. Uh, yeah, we, we've got back-to-back interviews queued up.
0: Yeah, we're we're we're, we're way, way off track. Hanging
1: out in the green room. <laughs> we're way off <laughs> track. I'm bringing us on track.
0: Uh, we, we were talking about energy drinks before, so let's go from energy drinks to just energy.
3: Oh, good segue, Spencer. That's like, that segue. That's a good segue, Wait, Spencer. What? Spencer, I did see the behind-the-scenes. Uh, behind the scenes benzinga clips yeah and there's a part where you're like what is going on in the power hour it is mayhem what is going on what is going on what show is that which one i don't
0: even remember man i don't even remember they're all like that though
2: i liked when jason got spencer with the with the air uh the air compressor thing i don't think Uh, i was there for that
3: i asked for that to be taken out but
2: okay
4: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at (laughs) pro.benzinga.com.
0: Jeremy Kent is the CEO. See that? That, That's that's how we do things. Jeremy, oh man, the CEO of One Energy. Uh, Good afternoon, sir. Thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon,
5: Spencer. I can't believe you did the energy drinks to energy transition. I thought about it and decided it was too corny, but we'll go with it.
0: Wait a minute. Before we get to One Energy, you say you're a former dirty shoes guy, reluctant yep. clean shoes guy. What, is that, what does that mean?
5: So I started my career actually with, you know, hands-on tools and running project sites and wearing dirty yeah. shoes every day. And okay. I used to joke that nobody who wore clean shoes had any idea how a project was built. And somehow I ended up in clean shoes and clean clothes from time to time running a company now. And so I try to balance the two.
0: So what exactly is One Energy? You guys are building wind turbines, right?
5: So we're an industrial power company, and what we do is we do things like on-site wind energy for large industrials. So we're the largest installer behind the meter on-site wind energy in the country. We also do managed high voltage, or we do entire electric systems for those same customers. But what we really do is we help large industrial customers um, build their own customized solutions. Usually that has some renewable energy in it. Oftentimes that's stuff they don't want to do, and it's a way to be a, essentially a privatized utility for them. Um, there you go. You got our website up and, you know, so we'll build high voltage systems for customers. We do wind turbines that directly power factories. Um, you know, we have customers like Whirlpool, Marathon, Petroleum, Ball Corporation. That was my question. Who are, who are your customers? Yep. So, I mean, it, we help make products that are already in your home. I mean, if you got a can of Coke on your desk, there's a pretty good chance the lid was made about half a mile that way. It balls facility that was getting, you know, 60, 70% uh, wind energy from us. Um, so, Ball Corporation, Marathon Petroleum, Lafarge, Wholesome, uh, several projects with Whirlpool, and a number of other, you know, private and mid-sized customers.
0: I'm always thinking, you know, about like the the, the public markets angle here. So, you guys are not not a public company, but that's not to say there isn't an angle. So, from your vantage point, um, how exactly is the is is the wind energy space growing? Because there are ample. Public companies and 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 ways you can anyone can invest in this industry, but I'm curious just about the growth in the last couple of years because it, it it tends to get caught up with like in terms of how the the sector behaves, it gets caught up with like solar and, and the movement of that a lot of times, and that's a very volatile industry. So um, how you know how is the wind energy market growing right now?
5: Yeah, and so it, the real differentiating point is it's not the wind energy market, it's the customer control market. Okay, right? so it's you have to look at individual customers not big wind projects we're building two or three turbines at a time and large customers are trying to figure out how to you know reduce their carbon footprint how to save cost how to get 20-year fixed rates and and our projects do you know this interesting concept of a 20-year locked in rate so you know imagine being whirlpool and having a 20-year fixed rate that's cheaper than your current rate today and happens to be all clean energy so that, that gets interesting and you know the the real public markets angle here is that You know, this is an extremely capital intense business. It's three to four million dollars a widget. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, as any company doing this, how to raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars in the next five years. And so you start talking about all the things that are out there. And, you know, we've talked about the SPAC stuff and are actively looking at that. We're trying to figure out, you know, as somebody who swore he would never go down the public company route, (laughs) that's becoming more and more efficient of a source of capital compared to private markets. So it's a challenge we're wrestling with.
0: Is that something that's changed in the last year? i absolutely why why
5: so you know public company markets at least through the SPAC process and this you know ignoring all the flying cars and some of the craziness right it's a very efficient route to bring in a large amount of capital and not have to do you know five incremental fundraising cycles. So the, the minute we finish a fundraising cycle we're talking about the next one and how to bring more capital in. And so, if all of a sudden you just take four or five years of capital raising off the table with a, that process, it, it's something that you have to look at. And then you have to figure out if you want to go down that path and be talked about on on Bazinga each day or Bazinga, you know, each day and figure out uh, how things are going and if you want to live or die by that sword. So
0: I understand. Um, if I was a pub, was if I was a CEO of a company, I would not go public because I don't want to deal with that. And people like me, but I, I understand it. It is also a, a great source of capital, uh, and there is there is no substitute uh, uh, for it. But yeah, there are two sides to every coin. So so all that being said, uh, Jeremy, um, may, you know make make your pitch right now. What is what is the pitch, uh, if not for one energy, but but for the for the business that you're in?
5: Yeah, I mean, so the real pitch is that you know that there are billions and billions of dollars that have been put into these you know great tech. You know, we're going to solve the new form of on-site power, you know, the the blooms of the world and all of those guys claiming they can do good DER stuff. And the reality is none of that's going to work unless there's companies that customers trust 24-7, 365 to be there to replace a utility. And so every time you hear about the power grid failing, every time you hear about all of the problems and frustrations, right, if you're a large industrial customer, what do you do and how do you decarbonize while you do it? And it's companies like us that you know are, are at our core dirty shoes companies that answer the phone call at two in the morning on a Sunday and yeah. show up at your plant, but also can you know do all that capital investment that you don't want to do. So the the real pitch is, who do you think is going to replace utilities? And you know we talk about decarbonization, and you know the reality is, industrials are where everybody's focus should be at. It's not sexy, it's not glamorous, but 0.6% of the energy users in this country. Um, use 26% of the electricity. There's 53,000 target facilities and they use 26% of the electricity in this country. So if you actually want to change the power grid and get customer control and, you know, build the power grid of the future, um, you know, utilities aren't going to do that. So it's a company like us that does that, that makes all the other tech you hear about possible.
0: It's funny you mentioned, you know, utilities, it seems like there are a number of, uh, you know, large, major states, actually the two largest states are having serious problems with their biggest utilities right now, whether it's California with uh, PG&E or Texas with with that whole mess. Uh, it's interesting that the two largest states in the country are, are having serious problems with their two largest public utility providers. I'm wondering if you just have thoughts on, on how the public utility um, sector, if you will, will, will have to, you know, progress into in an in arena like this if they want to avoid problems like those two firms are having
5: yeah i mean so I, I talk about this a bunch and i talk about the five stages of grief um <laughs> de- de- denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance and yeah. you know those are the stages that you see these utilities going through um you see them you know going through everything's just fine leave it to us you see massive lobbying you know, amounts trying to get you know the ability to go spend a whole bunch of new money it, we have to figure out how to let existing utilities um pass peacefully and into a, a new version of what a utility is because the model that made sense 50 and 60 years ago just doesn't make sense in a lot of cases today so a lot of these utilities are you know they're, they're monopolies right can you imagine if if every day somebody had to watch benzing it was the only provider they were allowed to watch and by the way no matter what you did you were guaranteed a profit on top of it right so you could go spend more and more money and you could say i'm sorry it was a horrible show but you still have to watch me tomorrow and by the way i'm guaranteed my profit right and we sit around and wonder why it's not getting better i mean heck I mean, your your show would suck if that was the case, right? You you yeah. have to go out and compete for customers every day, just like yeah. we do, and that that's just not the market you see. So until we figure out how to, you know, deal with monopolies that don't know how to innovate, I mean, the world's not going to change much.
0: What what do you make of just the overall, uh, you, you know? Um... Uh, how do I phrase this the overall you know maybe investor desire right now for energy it's broadly speaking I mean there's obviously there's when you talk about energy there's clean energy and then there's you know oil and gas and they're very different things but broadly speaking the investor appetite like you can make the argument for both sides of the of that spectrum clean and traditional energy that that investor appetite is, is is not what it once was uh with especially with oil and gas, but with regards to clean energy, you know, we've seen we're coming off like a, it's it's a very cyclical, up and down, uh, volatile uh, theme or, or industry. So, like from your vantage point, what is the investor appetite right now, broadly speaking?
5: I think investors are tired of simple solutions, and I think you know the the new magic box that's all of a sudden going to change everything. I think investors are struggling with. Yeah, I think they're struggling with trusting utilities. Because they realize that, you know, you can't be a profitable utility and keep starting wildfires and keep you know, losing that money that you end up getting back through some bailout. Um, and so I think we're seeing investors finally ask a lot of good questions. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that you see investors start putting more scrutiny on it because, frankly, there hasn't been enough scrutiny on what it means to be a good business in this space in a long time. Um, but the capital is definitely out there. I mean, in the private markets, the capital is definitely there. Um, it just struggles with the
0: growth concept. Okay, and you mentioned a, a SPAC as a potential thing, but what? Why would you do that versus an IPO, versus a direct listing, versus something else?
5: So, I mean, the, the reality is we're a ten-year-old company that you know took the first five years to really figure out how to prove this model worked, and then have been growing and executing. Yeah. And we just aren't ready to go the traditional IPO process. If you are to, to chart that out, you know, traditional metrics for where we should be—that that's five plus years away. And um, you know, the SPAC space walks up and says, "Look, we're willing to take a chance on growth and." And there's a way to do that. And what if we see the vision and see the execution risk and quantify those and go forward? So, you know, the IPO route isn't a direct replacement for the SPAC route, because the SPAC route is one SPAC uh, managing director put it or CEO put it to me. um, You know, they're supposed to be a little hair on SPACs and a little bit of hope. Um, And so they're willing to take a little more of a chance. You know, that's the real reality of why you look at that. And anybody who's gone through the private process to, to raise capital and we in the private market, we get two tranches of capital. One of them is project capital which is all you know asset backed 20-year contract that's pretty attractive easy to get capital but then you look at growth capital and growth in the utility space you know is not a metric anybody's used to because you know utilities grew 50 60 years ago and haven't had a change ever since so getting true growth capital in that space is like pulling teeth in the private market and the question is you know how many trips to the dentist do you want to take before you consider just you know going the route of us back and it, that's the math that us and other capital intensive high growth companies are trying to figure out.
0: All right. We've been on with Jeremy Kent. He's the CEO and also the chief fall guy, as he put it, of One Energy. Links in description. Jeremy, a pleasure. We would definitely have to have you back on again uh, whenever we talk about this space because it is one that I do not know a lot about and I need people like you to help me learn. So thanks a lot for joining us today. Spencer, a pleasure. Thank you. All right. and for our guest, guys. Sylvia Bellrock. She's here in studio, backstage. Let's bring her on, AB.
3: Hey! Hey.
6: Nice to see you, everyone. How are you?
3: Good. How's your day going?
4: We decided to make it a party.
6: (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So how are you doing? What are you trading, guys?
0: Great question. (laughs) Mitch, AB, have have, uh, some YOLO trades on. Actually, no, I don't know if Mitch does. I know Aaron does. Mitch, uh, I'm, I'm not tra- I've made zero trades today. Uh, what are you trading? Let, let's start there.
4: I, I was looking at a, a clean spark because I was wondering if that was okay. going to continue to run. Um, that's kind of a, a Bitcoin run that happened yesterday. Um, I know it's a big former runner, so I was wondering yeah. if that could start moving. You know, it's been one of those. You know, kind of like a meme stock, but I, I think it just has that hype behind it. Let's see how it's performing right now. I was watching it earlier today on a pullback. It looked interesting near the like this 1475 support. Uh, but I, I've been watching this one on kind of an hourly. It looks like it's just going sideways and it wants to break out on an hourly chart. I'll kind of show my chart here of it. But I'd love to hear your approach and how, how you would kind of look at the stock. Yeah,
6: that looks actually very good. Uh, I like it. It's consolidating there. It uh, looks like it's trying to find support. So if it goes above the previous candles high above. uh, Yeah, that's a very good breakout zone. It's testing it. If it goes above the previous red candles high, this would be a good idea to uh, go ahead and uh, long it. Yeah, that looks not uh, not bad. Very good. (laughs)
4: what did you look at today any 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 stock that you traded today
6: yeah so i have some things on the watch i can share i was i was long nasdaq by the way so uh, some of you guys know i'm trading uh, the nasdaq futures or in general you know the uh, u.s indices futures and this stopped me out for around break even it dumped pretty fast and i'm kind of uh, a little bit angry about that because that happens a lot you know when what you see a lot is when things start to get overextended like that, and we start to lose momentum, then you start seeing a lot of a choppy price action starts to go sideways. And then all of a sudden it drops out of nowhere. And if you have long positions, it's, it, it can be tough to hold for a longer period of time. So I'm trading on the one hour and on the four hour chart, those, uh, us, uh, indices, the futures. And, you know, like he, If you see the the past, actually the past two weeks, uh, it goes up and then it dumps all of the sudden. You see those big red candles here. And that's enough to scare everyone out of the trade. And then a couple of days later, you see it's making a new high. you know. And it did that here too. It struggled to uh, break out through this previous resistance, dumped, then went into the support. And this has been just a very sideways price action, very choppy price action and you know i longed it at some point added here went high and again doing the same thing again dumping and you know you see those fast dumps so this is basically for me an indication that we might see some kind of a correction very soon and all those um all those sideways uh, consolidation moves are just a little bit trade right now you know
2: so so sylvia i know usually when you come on we talk we look at the mini futures um I just want to know, kind of, for some of our newer traders out there, what's the benefit to trading the the mini feed, uh, the mini futures as opposed to the regular, you know, QQQ futures and and things along yeah. those lines.
6: Yeah, sure. So um, the basically the uh, the huge advantage of that is that you can trade with a small account and those move. Of course, you have leverage, but if you have small account and you want to avoid PDT rule, for example, you don't have that on future, so you can stay start easily with. Five thousand or ten thousand account, and you can trade those without, you know, having a lot of a trouble. You have, uh, of course, you need leverage buying power, but you really need a small account. And also, you can grow your account very fast if you know what you're doing. Of course, uh, so I really like those. You know, depends on on the uh, on the futures. You can you can use those, for example, RTY. The small one moved like uh, I think it was like five dollar. Um those really don't move uh, compared to the big futures a lot. So uh, they don't have such leverage, I mean, so you can only really use that.
2: Beautiful. And then do you have uh, – can, can we take a little sneak peek at your Excel sheet, spreadsheet, and see what your watch list is looking like right now?
6: Sure, we can do that. Let me find that real quick. Uh, close open. Okay, so I have here um, – For those of you guys who who don't know what is this about, so I basically have on an Excel sheet which is shared for uh, the members. If you want, you can check that on sylviabearrow.com. I have um, all my trades live, all the results, all my open and close trades, and also all the stocks which I'm watching and I'm updating it uh, a couple of times per week. And I have like, like right now I have a lot of stocks, so I don't really want to put, put too many stocks on there. And I think those are enough for, for the whole week, even maybe for the next two weeks. Let's see. But right now I'm watching uh, here PGNY and RVLV. So those are my main watches from Sunday from the watch list. We can go ahead and check uh, check those out.
2: Yeah, let's do it. And I know I see uh, CLF Cleveland Cliffs there <laughs> as well. That's uh, one of our favorite stocks here on Get Technical. We, we, we look at the... Uh, chart of cleveland cliffs a lot so we can check in on that one as well but let's start w- where are we starting right here
6: yeah i'm starting now with pgny we can check out clf first let's check out clf uh, i i simply didn't watch it because i had it on sunday and it already broke out so for me that's you know that's uh, the, too we, late. <laughs> we
2: missed we missed the move already all right well we can start with pgny whatever order you want to go yeah. in
6: so uh yeah this one broke out uh, just real quick it pulled back and i like those when they move When they make that kind of a move, you know, a couple of green candles in a row, nice momentum based on earnings, especially those are earnings winners. And then what you wait for is after that, they pull back, but they don't pull back a lot, especially when it comes to earnings winners. They just pull back a little bit, start to consolidate a tiny bit around uh, EMAs like I have here, nine, twenty, and 50 EMA. And you see this, this was the signal here actually two days ago, broke out very, very good. So, this has been a good one. But again, it's too late here. So, uh, I would personally not chase it anymore. Then, uh, PGNY. PGNY, I really like because we have here very good uh, risk reward. So, if I go back on the chart, you know, this is a three year uh, chart. You see, this has been a very nice uptrending stock, nice momentum to the upside, small pullbacks. So, all those things what you want to see when it comes to, uh, you know, trading on the long side. And this time we have the gap down ba- based on earnings. So sometimes we have, you know, sometimes the earnings can be good and we still can see a gap down. That's why this is one of the reasons why I personally don't like trading uh, trading before earnings because you just don't know what you're going to, uh, what's going to happen. So this is going to, uh, can end up very bad in, in some cases. So personally, I'm waiting after the earnings are out. And you see this gap down here. And I like that we are trying to hold here this previous support. We are slightly below. But if we make it to reclaim those 200 EMA and go above, so this is what I'm looking for, this consolidation zone. If we go above this candle's high, this candle, this would be very good and, uh, for me, very good long setup. Of course, I don't want to see something red like that. So if we close red like this candle, this might not be very good anymore. So we're waiting to see here some kind of a, you know, some green candle or some some bullish candlestick pattern. And then if this happens, the stop can be placed here just below this consolidation area. And then you have a lot of room into the previous uh, resistance areas here. Also, this is previous resistance and maybe all-time highs, which is 66.61. So that's one with very good risk-reward.
2: So your, your entry point is if it gets down to this, uh, you said the purple line was what, the 200-day uh, moving average?
6: Yeah, that's the 200 moving average. And also another good thing is this is oversold RSI. So I really like looking when it comes to growth stocks or when it comes to, um, to stocks which have some decent momentum and nice uptrend. I like to see if they are oversold. If I see that, that's for me a very, very good setup because normally... You don't see those growth stocks like that pulling back a lot so what you see is a little bit of a pullback you know maybe here around 30 but you you will not see them often go below 30 and this is for me a good sign that we might see some kind of a bounce of this area so we have a couple of uh, factors here support which is slightly broken but it can still reclaim we have 200 ema so if we manage it to stay above this area this is a very good uh, t- setup on on the technical side, of course.
2: So you have your RSI set at 70 and 30, correct?
6: Yeah, that's 70 and 30. Yeah.
2: Okay, I know some traders have 80 and 20, so I just like to always know kind of what we're looking yeah. at when it comes to the RSI. I I agree. I agree. Um,
4: It's very important. You you can have that slight difference. But I love how you pointed out here that if you look back on time, every single time we've gone down to these levels, the stock has risen off of that RSI. Um, So I think that's an important thing to point out. That's the history. And then if you're attacking at least history, at least you got probability on your side. So I think it's a very important thing to point out.
6: Yeah. Also, something to mention here, because this does not mean that if it is oversold, you should immediately sell, or this can drop, or you should short. This is very important, because when it comes to uh, growth stocks, momentum stocks, or even the U.S. indices, they can stay here overbought for a very long period of time. So you can see them staying over 70 RSI. They can drop a little bit lower, then go back over 70. This can go for months. And if you're trying to short those only because you see it's overbought and above 70, this is just not going to work. And you're going to burn probably uh, a lot of capital. That's why when I see that, it's a good time maybe to exit positions. But that's never for me a sign I'm going to short this only because it's overbought, you know.
2: Got it. All right. Well, let's move on to the next stock on the watch list. I believe that was here, ticker H-E-A-R.
6: Here, here Yes. Um, yeah, let's see this one. This this is a stock which I traded a lot in the past. Uh, actually, I traded a couple of times here. Brought it many, many times. It's been working very, very good. And same thing. So we see that a lot of times recently that all those... Uh, Nice growth stocks, nice momentum names, they drop after earnings. And normally that's not because they all of a sudden start to make losses or something. They just don't meet the expectations. And I think that's pretty normal because if you uh, have a stock which is growing, let's say, 30% earnings per share or revenue quarter after quarter over the past years, that's pretty normal that at some point they stop the growth and they start slowing down a little bit and, you know, don't have too, too many growth expectations. And then you, you see that uh, based on earning some kind of a gap down or drop. But what I like, this is very similar setup to the previous one. It is the, the difference is It is right above the, the 200 EMA and it is not right at support. So what we see here is after this breakout, the stock started to pull back and went into almost the 200 EMA. And uh, after that, you see how well it um, respects support and resistance. So this was the previous breakdown area, which is a resistance area. And it's rejected a couple of times here, uh, here one more time. And now it is trying to make a double bottom bouncing of this 200 EMA with Doji candle, which is even a better, better thing, and followed by a green candle. So I actually bought this one uh, yesterday. I want to see, of course, a little bit more momentum. Uh, but this is for me key here to hold this area and stop can be placed just below the 200 EMA. So you have here double bottom, you have doji candle followed by a green candle and also uh, still, you know, in, in the oversold area. So that's not really oversold, but it's in the lower RSI area. So you have a very good risk reward here it. Yeah.
2: Um, But I think if we do see it drop, that RSI drop a little bit more, it becomes even more uh, of a good opportunity to buy. But what what would be your your price target? Is it the previous all-time high?
6: Yeah, the target is previous all-time high. I really like that maybe for middle terms, uh, swing trade. So not really for, you know, I I might hold a couple of months. So I have, when it comes to swing trading, I have different strategies. Some I hold really for maybe a couple of years, which is going actually into investing, some I like holding a couple of months, and some I can hold only a couple of days or you know a couple of weeks. So this is something I might hold even for months.
4: Yeah, I could see seasonality coming into play with a play like this. Um, one of the things that I see all the time is kind of a November to December run in gaming. Uh, this just comes into play a lot of the times with Black Friday and Christmas yeah. shopping, you know, people yeah, want to go. They, they, they go they go buying early you know and they usually go buying in in late november so um that's kind of the run that i could see coming into this uh, and last time we actually broke out in, in 2020, we broke out going into December. Uh, so I'll be looking at this play too. I like the play. Um, I think it's definitely going to have a little bit maybe of a little sideways trend here. I don't even see it coming back down towards that support. I see it kind of coming a little bit sideways here, but we'll see. Because one of the things is we've been having, I think, the the only thing holding this stock down is the the negative press and like, let's say AccuVision or something like that. Um, other than that, I, I like it technically here. And I think this is one stock that does have an advantage in the industry.
6: Yeah. Yes. I uh, agree with you. That's a, a very good, uh, looking stock has some potential.
4: All right, let's go to the next one. What else we got here?
6: Uh, let me say I forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I forgot too. <laughs> I know there's one more
6: uh rvlv yeah this this went actually already i don't i don't know really about this one it's kind of overbought but it has a huge potential a lot of funds are buying it so i think it was something like over the past uh seven qu- seven quarters it's like 28 more funds are buying this stock so this has a lot of uh potential based on that we always want to go you know with the, with, the, with the big boys and the funds and flow and not <laughs> against. So uh, you see that also on the chart. You know, all those funds are always leaving marks on the chart. If you see that kind of a trend for a long period of time, this means someone is constantly buying this stock. And, uh, you know, nice momentum. This went from 17. This was uh, somewhere in October last year, 70 to 74. And it's still going. You know, came here only for a couple of um, weeks and a sideways price action pull back and after that, it never looked back. Uh, it, same thing, similar thing to the other stocks. Gap down based on earnings. Now it has this reversal candle, and it looks like uh, it's trying to reclaim again those uh, EMAs here. Um, and you know, it's not bad. I, I really don't like the fact that it went already that fast. I would like to have it here at. at 6390 somewhere here 6350 now it's already you know 66 so i i really don't like chasing it maybe if we got a little bit of a pullback here into the 6350 area you know something like that will be better for me i don't like chasing it here right right away uh, below those emas but it is still a very good stock to watch
4: yeah do you, do you like playing uh, a lot of gap down plays
6: um, if I see, if I see them, yes, I, I like that, especially actually one of my favorite setups is when I see a nice growth stock, which has really decent, uh, potential and good fundamentals, potential to continue growing. Mm-hmm. And they have some kind of a gap down or they have, um, you know, over sold conditions. They are going into the 30 or even below 30 RSI somewhere around support area. So this is a very good risk reward to me because you don't see that a lot. Normally they don't go into oversold a lot of times. So when I see that, that's for me a good looking um, play. Yeah,
4: it's a good combination of using two, two variables versus just one.
2: And so we, so we took a look at all the stocks on the watch list. Um, anything you want to go back on, on the futures, talk about kind of broader markets, what's going on, Sylvia? Uh,
6: I have some more. I have some uh, Etsy I'm looking at. Are oh, you looking
2: at Etsy? All right, let's take a look.
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been trading this a lot in the past. It, here it, it came back down, long consolidation. Now similar thing based on the earnings and slower growth. It pulled back a little bit into the 200 EMA. So for me, this has also long term some good potential to continue higher, and I really like to um, to hold it maybe for a longer term, medium term to longer term trade. Similar situation, uh, what we saw, you know, holding here, this breakout zone, this is uh, back here, 174. And uh, now it's trying to, you know, to reclaim those EMAs and go higher. So for me, this is a good-looking setup. If you enter here 189.22, where it is right now, and stop here just below 172, below the 200 EMA, that will be good. I also want to, you know, want to wait it out how it closes. So, normally when it comes to swing trading, I like to wait out and see how everything closes because sometimes you see everything looks fine, and then by the end of the day, you might see a huge drop or sell off. So, I'm trying to avoid that, and I want to see how the candle is closing before I enter the trade. So, I might wait out a little bit on this, but this is definitely something. uh,
4: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.